Hey, I want to welcome you to the State of Charge podcast, a fun weekly inspirational podcast to help keep your spiritual batteries charged. For those of you that are regular listeners, you might be wondering why John is doing the welcome. Well, that is because Matt Schwartz, who is also your host, is in Mexico today. Hello, Matt. Viva de Mexico! How are you, brother? Viva de Mexico! I'm doing really, really good. I just, it's always so fun seeing this technology. How we can have you call in, and we're doing like a yeah, man. This this live chat. Mexico, all the way down, 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 southern Mexico, right on the Gulf of Mexico. So wow, beautiful down here today. Yeah. So are you? You're below the equator, then, right? Uh, just above the equator. Just above it. Is it nice? It, it, well, it's it's you know you know how I love Temperate. humidity, which is why I live in Arizona. Yeah. And uh, so for for me, you know, humidity, but you get beautiful lush green. So uh, for people that are not familiar with the just the geography of of Mexico, north is all desert because it's the same Sonoran Desert as Arizona. Yeah. But we are down where it's tropical, man. So just the the city was one of the strongholds of pirates. Oh, nice. Our, during the the great pirate era yeah well that's cool well it's so fun to have you here uh and then we get to talk about joseph today which i'm really 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 excited about and hopefully that uh you've been able to to get some some studying in here with all the training that you're doing for for joseph and um before we get started i had a really um i don't know have you seen those youtube videos I'm assuming that there are youth pastors somewhere that have created these YouTube videos of what if Bible characters had cell phones? No, I've not, man. Oh my goodness. Matt, they are the funniest things I have ever seen uh, in a long time. And so basically it's these two guys are standing in front of this big rock and they've got their robes on as if they're Bible characters, but they have cell phones. And one of the skits that they do is was like these guys, these two guys are holding their phones and they're like, Hey, did you see the Facebook marketplace today? And the guy's like, yeah, I know. I can't believe that Joseph brothers are selling him. (laughs) (laughs) And there's some other ones with Jonah and there's some other ones with the feeding of the 5,000 and, I mean, it is just so funny. So think about that. What if Bible characters had cell phones? What would it be like? It's it's absolutely hysterical. So, you know, it's interesting to me because, uh, so Joseph, uh, eventually his brother Benjamin becomes the youngest, but he's he's right. the youngest, right? Right. Uh, the favorite. And so I am the youngest of five guys in my family. And for years, my brothers would tease me and harass me. Oh, because Matt, you're the favorite. You're the favorite. You're the favorite. And no, I'm not the favorite. I'm not the favorite. I'm not the favorite. And I eventually had to come to the point of looking at my brothers and saying, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I was the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually, I, I actually can't push back on that. I was. And, <laughs> and so there's a part of me that resonates with the the arrogance and, and, and immaturity of Joseph, because I think I look back on my own life and I, I, I realize that even in his immaturity, I, I know God's going to use him, but I, I have a little bit of empathy for his brothers, even though I, had they sold him on Facebook Marketplace, that wasn't necessarily a great thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> that that is true. That is true. So we are studying Joseph today, and I think you know we all have probably heard the story of Joseph. It's very familiar, especially if you grew up in church, and you know you had the the colorful. Uh, robe and he was sold into slavery and then went to Egypt. So a very, very familiar uh, stories. But what I think would be really fun is for us to kind of dive into maybe a little bit deeper of the elements of of Joseph. Um, And so with saying that, like, what are some things that when you were going over your notes and and pondering some of the things that you were looking at, what, what kind of came to mind? So one of the things that, so, you know, we were just talking about the immaturity of Joseph and basically he goes from immaturity to being sold into slavery. Right. Right. And, and uh, John, so the first principle that kind of just struck me is I, I wish this wasn't true. I wish that I always took the proactive road to growth, but the reality is that sometimes the best way for God to really bring about uh, a step away from immaturity is through the crucible. I, I wish that wasn't true, but I, we see this in Joseph's life that mm. uh, this being sold off obviously began to shift something in him. I mean, it wasn't that there was no character. It was just immaturity mm-hmm. before that. Sure. And, and it's through the crucible of this being sold off that we begin to see some of the some of the uh, maturity began to emerge. You know, how old do you think he was when he was sold? Is there any indication in Scripture as to his age? I think most think he was probably a young teenager. I mean, that, that's yeah. what I, I mean, we, 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 that's the best we can gather. Um, my I mind's mean, eye is like 13 or 14. Or, I mean, just think, yeah. of, think of our maturity level at, at your age and my age when we were, you know, 13, 14 years old. Right. You know, probably wasn't uh, where where it needed to be. That's for sure for me. Well, maybe for you, but I was perfect, man. Remember, I was the favorite. <laughs> oh, you were the favorite. You were the oh, I guess so. Maturity comes. Maturity comes with the youngest one, I no, guess. Yeah. No, we, we we all know that that's not true. And if any of my brothers are listening right now, <laughs> I will say yet again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. the The thing that was really interesting to me is when you look at Joseph, actually his place. His place in history. For those of you that are listening, Matt is probably surrounding with some wonderful, beautiful little kids that are there playing where he's doing some training. So we're just going to welcome That's them as sure. part of the conversation, no, no, right? No, nobody, nobody's dying. Trust no. me. They're, 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 they're playing soccer. So it's okay. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, is Joseph's place in history? I think for all intents and purposes that had Joseph not gone into Egypt – his family would not have been saved um, through oh, for sure. all of that. Exactly, And that is God protecting the line of the Messiah because he comes directly yeah, from Joseph's absolutely. line, right? And so when you think about his place in history, if it wasn't for some of those circumstances that moved him from slavery into the prominence that he had in Egypt, his family and the line of Christ would have been destroyed. Right, so that's well, pretty. And, that's and pretty significant to think about. It is significant, and and I I think the the principle, John, that kind of comes out to me that gives me perspective spiritually is my pain is not only for me. I, I need to remember that my pain hmm. is never only about me. That sometimes the pain I am going through is for how God is going to use that in the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. And that that's huge, man. And, and sometimes I don't I don't like that truth, 
But like, if I get so consumed that my pain's only for me, it's only for me, only for me, I forget that it's my pain is one of the best tools I can use to encourage other people when they're struggling. Hmm. You know, I think a lot of times too. Um, again, I I love how God uses humanity uh, in our lives. Uh, I I think we have a tendency to remember painful things more than we remember things that are not necessarily painful or just more mundane. Not not that right. we want to go through pain all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that when we look back on our lives, there are times that are painful. I think we remember those differently than we than we do times where it was just maybe we're just coasting through or everything's hunky-dory. Right, right. No, for sure. Um, but I, I also know that it's interesting. The most The most critical moment of our faith, John, is, is pain. Hmm. I mean, so even, even for us, we look back 2000 years, if there is no dying on a cross, Hmm. there's no reason for us to even be on this call today. Hmm. So I mean, it's, it's not that we just see this in Joseph. We see this throughout the Bible and even in our own stories that the, the most critical piece many times to the story is the pain. Yeah, how much? How much are you creating a a um, where there there's synonyms with each other that um, pain is sacrifice? How yeah. how parallel do you think those those are? And like compare the two of those. Because I'm trying I'm trying to process you know what you're saying here, and it's not that I don't disagree with you. I'm just trying to figure out you know if we are going to go through pain, we want to use it. Use it to the best that we can use it, because there's going to be pain in life, right? But how well, is that different so, than a sacrifice? Yeah, so I, um, I really believe that there was a there was a shift in my life, John, when I read a book by an author named Henry Nowen, and it's called Life of the Beloved. And Henry Nowen was a, a Catholic priest, used to be the head of Harvard Divinity, felt like he lost himself spiritually, and so chose to leave the prominent position of Harvard Divinity School to go become the executive director of a home for people with special needs in Canada. And it's, that's where he says he like rediscovered his soul uh, in caring for those that couldn't care for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that he says in his book, Life of the Beloved, is that most of us will go through our lives hearing this idea of like, we need to thank God for our pain. We need to thank God for our brokenness. And he's like, that isn't what God wants for you. God wants you to bless your brokenness. Not not just accept it, not just be thankful for it, but to bless our brokenness. And John, at 29 years old, when I read that book, like it shook me to the core because it reminded me that uh, I'm, I'm so busy trying to just like forget my brokenness. And yet I realized that every time I get to see my story help somebody else, it redeems and blesses and, mm -hmm. and allows my story mm -hmm. to find a new home of life and helping somebody else uh, in their own journey. You know, that it's really, really amazing to see how God does not waste any experience in life. Right. And it really right. goes to show the grace that he has in our lives. Like how many times in your own life, in my own life, or in, in the lives of people that we've seen where we see something that... Um, was either tragic, was either very hurtful, maybe it was a health, or, or maybe, maybe even it was a, a moment of being um, 
succumb to, to sin in life and how later on that person gets to be redeemed in that by either ministering yeah. to somebody yeah. else or walking through that with somebody else or having sympathy and a, and a different level of empathy with somebody because they use that. And then God uses that situation in their lives uh, to to move the ministry forward. And I, th- I think we see a lot of that in, in Joseph's ex- example here. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, fast forward then. So because, you know, Joseph's in the slavery, right. ends up in, in Potiphar's house, ends up in a position of prominence because of the blessing of God. Right. Uh, he gets falsely accused of making advances to Potiphar's wife. He gets back into prison you know, gains prominence again. I mean, this guy, it's like the guy can't get a break. Right. But but here's the thing. So Joseph from earlier in Genesis where he's being cocky with his brothers to Joseph in Genesis 39 that runs out of the house because he's going to run from sin and not just not just dance with it. Right. That's different character. Yeah. And I think that's the thing for me is in crisis in pain am i allowing my character to be transformed in the character i need to actually not bring more pain in my own life you know god uses the pain in our lives but he also uses the times that we um honor and and are obedient to him you know when you mentioned that with with potiphar there was you know there that could have easily been that story of grace in in his life where God used him in spite of that circumstance but that wasn't the case um i yeah. think i think god chose to reward uh joseph because he did the right thing i mean in chapter yeah. 41 we start to see him transitioning now into the ruler of egypt right. after being in prison because he was falsely accused and so i think that there is some some Things there that yes, God can use things in our lives when 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 we're boneheads and we make the mistakes. But I also think too, I think it'd be much easier for us to go through life, you know, making the right decisions and God blessing those. Don't you think? Yeah, well, for sure, man. Um, but you know, I John, I want to draw attention to one thing though in forty one, because you know there there's this there's this moment where you know the the chief baker and cupbearer. You know, Joseph interprets their dreams. They come true. And then the cupbearer yeah. ends up back in the service of the king. And Joseph's like, hey, just remember me. The guy doesn't remember him. Until mm. two full years later when Pharaoh uh, is is all of a sudden got these dreams and he needs somebody to interpret it. And the guy's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, I know a guy. But yeah. in the midst of this passage, uh, it says in verse 14, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph. He was quickly brought him from the dungeon. But this is what it says. When he had shaved, it changed his clothes. Like, so here's Joseph. Like, you know, for me, like, hey, the king wants you. I would have just bolted. And Joseph's like, no. No, there's a there's a moment here. Yeah. And I'm going to take the time huh. to shave, change my clothes. Like, I'm, I'm, he, he was not trying to figure out how to get out of prison. Yeah. Well, he, he was, was being faithful to where God had him, yeah. which allowed him to have the presence of mind to say, this is not about me getting out. This is about me saying like, hey, I'm going to see the king and I'm going to be presentable for the king because I'm not trying to get out. I'm trying to be the person that God wants me to be. It also shows that we have a responsibility to uh, interact with the things that God gives to us, situations that God, that God gives to us, right? 
Um, 100%. There's this phrase, and I think we've said it on the podcast several times, is, you know, God's going to do what God is going to do, and we can only do what, what we can do, but there's a partnership there together. When there's opportunities that God gives to us, you know, there is a responsibility on our end to react and to respond to that in the right way. You know, and right. now that's not to say that if he hadn't shaved and, and put on new clothes, if, if something would have different happened. But what it does show is it shows his mindset. Well, says, you know, God has given you know, me an opportunity exactly. here, and I'm going to make the best of it no matter what. You know, John, we keep coming back to that. The point of this podcast is about state of charge of how are you keeping your spiritual batteries recharged? Um, you can either two people can look at the same set of circumstances through very different filters. Yeah. Some people, it's just the, the, the filter of victim or overcomer. Hmm. And there are probably more options, but I would say ge- general, general simplification, same set of circumstances. Do you see it as a victim, as an overcomer? Joseph was seeing as an overcomer. Yeah. And so in that moment, it allowed him to continue to grow and to become more in that environment because this guy is now going to basically be running a country from prison to running a country. Yeah. And that depth of character, um, that time not being a victim in the prison wasn't wasted. You know, the, if anybody had a reason or an excuse to play the victim card, I'm sure, oh, sure. it's Joseph, right? But he did. He chose to go the high road, and he says, you know, this is an opportunity that is before me. And, and that, I think, is a challenge for, for all of us is there are going to be situations in life that we're not necessarily happy with or we're even in, we're comfort, comfortable in or that we even see an easy way out. That doesn't mean that God isn't, isn't in control, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's one of the oh. things that, that really stood out to me on this one, too, is in all of these things that happened, you know, big events, you know, sold into slavery, he was put into prison, um, he was visited by his brothers after after they had sold him. Like, there's some big monumental things in his life, and what what Joseph was able to do was not look at the circumstance, but understand that in all things, God is in control. Yeah, well, for sure, because John... Uh, so right after that passage I, I just read to you, and Pharaoh says to Joseph, I haven't had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And the yeah. words that you never want to say to a world leader, I cannot do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, then why did I bring you out of prison? Yeah, right. And However, Joseph, man, he gets it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Like, right. To me, man. Wow, what character, man. Huh. And when, when we're not a victim yeah. and when we choose to remain connected to, to the source of that we get yeah. everything from, we, it's not about me, man. I his, can't do it. His God desire can. is to be used as an instrument, not to be yep, sure. not to have the attention called unto him. And I think that, right. man, if you, if you want to talk about situations in life where you begin to get depleted, that's when you try to toot your own horn and you put right. all of this energy into, hey, look at me. Hey, look at what I'm doing. Hey, aren't these great things that are happening because of what I've done? Hey, look at my career. Hey, look at my family. Whatever it is, man, that is exhausting. When you can begin to surrender those things to the sovereignty of God and be used as a vessel, as a as an instrument for Him to do those things, there's really, you know, there's nothing that's going to be depleting yourself when you when you look at it from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, it's it's interesting 
man, I, I was I was just thinking about this as you were talking that, you know, one of the one of the things we forget is that Jesus didn't come from the line of Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus came from the line of Judah. And and yet that doesn't diminish Joseph's moment to, to have an impact on, on, on the future legacy of our salvation. Right. So whatever whatever your role is and what mm-hmm. God has put you in, in this grand plan of what he's trying to accomplish, do your role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, to me, it's it's in my mind, if I'm writing this story, if Joseph saves the people of Israel, it should be Jesus comes from the line of Joseph. Yeah, that's not it. Right. Matter of fact, you know, in future generations, it's it's not that Joseph's family are, are the most faithful. Like we look back and it's it's actually Judah and Benjamin. Right. That when, when all of Israel kind of exits the scene to become their own country and now you've got this Judah, it's Judah and Benjamin. So it's just, it's these two guys. And, and I sit there and I'm like, but in that moment. Joseph was the man that God used yes. in that moment, even if that wasn't meaning that, hey, Messiah is coming from your line. Correct. You know, it just it just goes to show that we all have a place in this plan that God is orchestrating, you know? Yep. And sometimes we we can see that clearly. And sometimes it's very obscure. I'm sure when Joseph was in prison, because he's human, I'm sure he's like, "All right, God, what what in the world are you doing here? Uh, why why does this have to be a part of getting me to where you want me to go?" Um, well, you know, because he's it, he's human. I, I I go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I think I think that we can set aside sometimes the circumstances that we have in life. And begin to put our trust and our hope in to God's sovereignty, knowing that hey, if if I'm being if I'm being um, called or if I'm being obedient to the calling in my life, no matter the circumstances in life, God is going to use us for His good and glory. So I feel really compelled, John, just based on what you're saying, to, to say this, and I don't know if it'll hit home with any listener out there, but. Uh, you and I go to a church where that lead pastor teaches and, and speaks to thousands of people a week. And in the economy of many, many Christians today, we look at that guy as like, oh, man, that's the man that God uses. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the greatest evangelists of all time uh, in world history was a guy by the name of D.L. Moody hmm. impacted millions of people. And so everybody knows about D.L. Moody, and I probably have talked about this before on the podcast, but but nobody remembers the guy that led D.L. Moody to Christ through his Sunday school. Yeah. It was a it was a shoe salesman. Hmm. And 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 here's my point. That guy doing his part led mm-hmm. to the transformation of millions of lives. Yeah. And so if we base our value on the person that has the prominent position of impact, yeah, we forget that we are just one life away from impacting a DL Moody. Yeah. And 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 so if, if if you're listening today and it's like, hey, yeah, Joseph had his moment. Do what God's called you to do in that moment, trusting God to maximize it for his glory. Yeah. You know, you never know the impact that you might have on a life that 
maybe maybe not this side of heaven you'll never know the impact that it had in a in a kingdom you know in a kingdom status in in kingdom capital um you know i think the the pastor that you were talking about you know he was he was touched by going to summer camp right Right. By, by a youth pastor and a, and a counselor at, at summer camp. And he decided to go into, into ministry at, at a young age. And if that youth pastor or that counselor hadn't been obedient to, um, to that calling at that time, who knows what would have happened with the thousands of people. I mean, God still is in control and he's going to work his, his plan into action, but we have such a big part of it. And that's such a cool thing to think about. I mean that's, that's why that's you're in, so that's cool. why you're in Mexico right now, right? Yes, well that's for sure. But it's it's funny you would use the term, you know, the illustration of summer camp. That's why I'm in Mexico is because of a, a guy that's I only remember the guy's name who gave a message at a summer camp that pivoted my entire life. Yeah. So so you know be careful what you say to an 11 year old at a summer camp in Wisconsin. So just that's the moral of the story. Because you never know where that guy's going to end up, huh. and and that, so it's funny you use that example. I'm like, wow, John, that, I felt like you just told my story there. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if really this is. I don't necessarily think we've gone off on a tangent. You know, Joseph's Joseph life is very significant, but I think the thing that we've kind of come to, I guess, a, a conclusion in what we're saying is no matter no matter what is happening in your life, be ready to be used. Right. I mean, think of what you're you're down in Mexico training um, people to go into places and to speak a language, to understand a culture that you don't have any idea about. But because you were there, you you spoke into them, you were intentional with them. Who knows what is going to happen in the villages, in the towns, in the churches, because of some of the intentionality that you're doing. And what I'm not saying is I'm not saying you need to go to Mexico and you need to be speaking to to people that are in a different culture, in a different place. But what about your kids? What about your spouse? What about your coworkers? What about that person that's that's in line at the grocery store? What are the things that we're doing to be used by God so that somehow we become the Jesus that they wouldn't have seen otherwise? That's a great word, John. I, I, I believe that we all are responsible to step into the life and calling God has given each one of us. Yeah. John, one of the things I love about your story is you, you've done both now. You, you've been an entrepreneur and a business owner and a pastor, and, and you never saw those as mutually exclusive. Hmm. It's one of the things I love and admire about you. And, and so if, if, you're, if you're an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur. If you're a nurse, be a nurse. If you're right. a doctor, be a doctor. If you're an educator, be an educator. If you're a truck driver, be a truck driver. Yeah. Whatever you are, understand that God has you where you're at to have an impact on somebody I can never impact. Right. You know, and, and, and so be the fullest version of you. Live the life God has called you to live to have the impact God's calling you to have. You know, and that can be at any stage in life. Um, just just kind of a, to reiterate that point a little bit, you know, my, my daughter is in, in college, and, you know, we... We, me and my wife, we, we've raised our kids in, in the best way that we know how as parents, not ever being parents before, you know? Right. Um, and so the, the thing that was really neat is she is just so pure in heart that some of the things that you wouldn't think 
that God would use just because of the innocence, just the pure of heart, just this is how this is this is what it is kind of a thing that are used for an impact. And and for the longest time we tried to get her to be on the praise team and she just would not do it, even though she has an amazing an amazing voice. Then all of a sudden she leaves for college and says, Oh, I'm gonna be on the praise team. But she would drive oh, all the way ba- she would drive all the way back up into Phoenix from Tucson to be on the praise team here and we're like, Oh good goodness. Um but anyways, just out of her own innocence, just out of not even there's there's not a boastful part of this story at all. She invited a friend saying, Hey, I'm in town, I'm on the praise team, you know, would you come and listen to me? And her friend did. And so then every time that Emily, they're, they're on rotation about every five weeks. So every time Emily would come up, she would tell her friend, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be singing. Why don't you, why don't you join us? We'll go to lunch afterwards. And so this happened over a period of time and her innocence in just a simple invitation to somebody, um, this other, this friend of hers has given her life to Christ and, uh, was recently baptized. And I, I looked at Emily and I said, Hey, I says, I don't know if you realize this or not. I says, but because of your intentionality with her um, and just the innocence of you asking her to come and listen to you sing, she's now a child of God. And and that realization that hit her and, and you and I and anybody who's listening has that same opportunity and that same innocence of circumstances in life to bring somebody into the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. Yep. Yep. You know, and what more filling could that be, (laughs) you know, in, in spirit in being spiritually full, right? Awesome. Great words. I love that. So anyhow, well, Matt, anything, uh, anything you want to add, anything you want to close before you uh, get back to your training there in Mexico? Yeah, no, all all I would say, man, is I I love the story about what you just shared because, uh, impact is, is just being aware and awake of the environment that you're in. Yeah. That your, your daughter was aware and awake, and that's why she made the invitation. And impact and for each one of us. Yep. Impact can come from any circumstance. I agree. You man. know, God awesome, does not man. God does not let anything go to waste at all. Awesome conversation, brother. All Love right, being Matt. This with you, man. Thanks. All right, we're going to go ahead and close it out. Join us next week, next uh, Wednesday, for uh, as we continue characters of the Bible. And uh, we look forward to doing this with you guys next week.